Welcome, 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 everybody. Back to another week of Always the Last to Know. I'm Ashley. I'm Liz. I'm Katie. We hope that everybody has been doing pretty well since we last were in your eardrums. <laughs> I feel like you were trying to make it really smooth. Yeah, yeah like a smooth and it got really radio <laughs> Yeah. Very bad. It was very bad. I'm sorry. Last time we were flowing through your <laughs> airwaves. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's we okay. Were, okay. Well, um, anyway. This week, <laughs> we're going to be talking about some jewel heists. Jewel uh, heists. I've got this real big one that I'm super excited to bring to you guys. And uh, I'm going to let Katie start off with uh, a little something that she wanted to talk about. So I didn't think that jewel heists were like a thing that actually happened for they a long time yeah like like cool <laughs> jewel heist like obviously people robbed jewelry <laughs> because people are horrible but i didn't think that like really cool stuff happens like oceans 11 type shit and then it was when i was in illinois in college outside of chicago like a few train stops outside of chicago and i was reading the newspaper and there was a little tidbit about a jewelry store robbery that had happened in Chicago and a group of people had broken into the restaurant next door like broken drilled (laughs) through the wall through the back of the fucking safe and stole all the most expensive jewels that the jewelry store had and they had like some crazy decked out safe that had like all these sensors in the front so that if someone like tried to do all of this stuff, even if they like got in, they had to like enter a code so alarms wouldn't go off. But they didn't have that shit in the back. Oh my God. So these people just broke into a restaurant that like didn't have alarms because like all of their money's locked down in safes and restaurants. Like you really you're not going to be able to get into there but then they broke into the place next door oh my god you have to imagine that companies are going to be like well now we need to put the sensors on the back of yeah the vault that's going to be like <laughs> their next big selling point is we got sensors in the back sensors also in the back. i am pretty sure that there was a csi miami episode about this <laughs> So if there was a CSI Miami episode about it, that definitely happened before, before. Mm-hmm. the yeah. actual heist. And I have to say, props to those humans that are bringing that alive. Right? It was a great episode. I probably learned something from the CSI episode. Mm-hmm. It was definitely uh, towards the end of the, the seasons of that, but it was pretty interesting. Yeah, they that's literally like, drilled through like the wall of another building. It's so smart. Yeah, mm. rob rob the restaurant. No one cares. No rob one the cares. restaurant. Break into the restaurant in Chicago. No one cares. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. No <laughs> one's thinking like they're gonna drill through the wall of the safe of the jewelry store next door. So that mm-hmm. was all. That's it. Was exciting to be 
reading it in the papers, you know. Like living there when it happens. Yeah, and to be holding the physical paper, like I wasn't like holding my iPad (laughs) or my phone. Like I was at work at a restaurant. I was a hostess at a restaurant, like waiting to clock in, just like reading the papers we had. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. This is really fucking cool. I love that. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. Don't rob. (laughs) Don't, Don't rob jewelry. Don't rob jewelry stores unless you're going to do it in a really cool way. Yep. Scale the buildings and burn a wall and fall through like they did in all those really cool movies. Yeah. If you're going to hide in a safe, like if you're going to go through all of that work to like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not going to give away my, I don't have a plan to rob a jewelry store. I'm not hiding in a safe. Mm, shit, I gotta change all my plans. Not hiding in the safe. <laughs> um, before <Here's> planning. <laughs> well, wait. Uh, clearly, you haven't seen Waco yet, so you may never want to uh, hide in like a vault or a safe ever in your life. Or I've just learned from past mistakes yeah. and, pa- and past, past choices. Ugh, Waco. <laughs> <laughs> wait, y'all watch that? I haven't watched it yet, but if we're talking about the, um, the Waco cult. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, David Koresh. Yeah, then yes, I, I'm very familiar with that. And, very well um, versed on that. <laughs> I, I safe to say if I am in a cult, I will not be getting into any safes. But if, no, again, you, are you working for the police? I was once again about to... I understand ah! how villains get on monologues where they foil their whole plan now. Oh, you sneak the entire You're sneaky, Liz. <laughs> um, I don't rob banks. Anyway. Real quick, before I get into mine, um, since we're talking about heists right now, I'm totally going to plug uh, a podcast that I've been listening to and I've been interacting with the people who run the podcast, Becky and Scott. Um, well, mostly Becky, but I did follow Scott. <laughs> I love his commentary. Um, but the podcast is called Feelin' Heisty. And if you love heist movies, like I love heist movies, and I watched a bunch while doing the research for this heist I'm about to tell you about, um, you should definitely listen to this podcast. Um, their first episode is about Ocean's Eleven, which is like, wow. Classic. Classic episode. Um, and I definitely watched the movie again after listening. I was like, well, now I'm inspired. Um, but yeah, you should definitely check them out if you're into that stuff because they have a lot of great commentary on it and go very in depth into things and like things that I was surprised about. I was like, shit, I never even realized that. Um, yeah. So definitely check them out because I was listening to them while doing this research. I've, I have <laughs> subscribed so that it's on my list once you sent it to me. Um, but I just, I, I like to go a podcast at a time and just mm-hmm. binge thoroughly. Uh, I feel that. That's like, I, I did that with all of theirs because they don't have a lot, but they, they like just started just like us. Um, I'm anticipating more. But um, I started listening to Wine and Crime they're so good I'm obsessed with them and I was like damn there are years worth of shit on here yeah years yeah no years it's they're great and also um aside from the fact that they're three lifelong best friends yeah um they're uh 
Amanda, Lucy, and Kenyon. A, L, and K. What the fuck up? I didn't even realize that. Just saying. <laughs> I love it. Can yeah. Be with us? Yeah, hi, be friends with us. Hi, be friends with us. Okay. Anyways, so that's my shout out. Um, really, really great podcast. So I'm gonna get into my story now. Yes, please do. I'm so <laughs> you've been sending us so many texts. I'm so ready. I'm I'm so excited for this, guys. Like this was so much fun to research. So this week I'm going to be telling you about the Harry Winston. Paris Jewel Heists. <laughs> More than one. <laughs> this is a special one for you guys. Um, so before we get into the heists, a little background on the Harry Winston store. Um, Harry Winston was an American jeweler alive from 1896 to 1978. The Harry Winston Company was founded in 1932 in New York City, and I tried really, really hard to find a date for the opening of the Paris store, and I couldn't find anything. I spent a good 25 minutes on Google. How old, how long did this guy live? Can you go back to that? 1896 to 1978. Okay, okay. Yeah. In my head, I heard 1869, and I was like, yo, what? Ancient. Like, I was old. But okay. No, no, no. No. Normal. Normal age to pass that. So, uh, where was I? All right. So, it's known for selling rare jewels of the world, uh, and it's pretty much known as the best of the best. Uh, the Paris store is in a neoclassical chateau on Avenue Montagne in the Lux Golden Triangle district of Champs-Élysées. And that shit is incredible. Mm -hmm. There are stores around it like Dior, Gucci, Valentino. We went there in high school. Um, I oh, did when I went on the France trip and that shit is fancy as fuck. <laughs> I was I like, mean, oh, I don't belong here. <laughs> French names just sound fancy as fuck, so I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Also, the... Oh, okay. All right. You're going to love this, Katie. Uh, Liz, did you ever watch Gossip Girl? Yeah. All right. Part of it? <laughs> I watched every single freaking episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you watched it multiple times then? Okay. Yeah, no. There's no out there, Gossip Girl's amazing show. Don't fucking at me. Okay, so <laughs> this is the store where Chuck Bass got Blair's engagement ring. <laughs> Harry Winston. Oh. Paris store. Okay. And I like realized it because I saw I was looking up pictures and everything, and I took one look at the front and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I know this place. <laughs> Uh, Chuck Bass, crazy. Chuck the Bass. ultimate example of how you can just take the worst character in a show and make everyone love them. Yep. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, moving on. But I thought that you guys would appreciate that. I definitely did. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, love Chuck it. Bass and Blair. <laughs> Perfect couple. Because uh, we love TV so much. Um... So, the day of the first robbery, there was 36683281 in jewels in the store. 
And I'm sorry, what year did this heist happen in? We about to get to that. <laughs> so okay. the first heist started in two thousand. Started in happened in two thousand seven. Also, sorry guys, oh. I had a wine already. <laughs> okay. okay, I was picturing the heist happening like when the guy was alive, alive? Like, no. way back when. And I was like, that is a lot of money for nineteen hundred. Uh, it's still a lot yeah. of money for now, but I was like, damn. Yeah, that would have been so much more money. So this happened in 2007. Okay. So the scene is set. Harry Winston, Paris, October 6th, 2007, 9.30 (laughs) a.m. The keys to the store are kept off premises overnight um, at a protective security services company. So the security guard arrived for his shift and waited for the keys to be delivered and other employees to arrive. Now, employees are not allowed inside alone, nor may they leave with the keys. Okay. So they're very strict about their security. At 9.50 a.m., Anne-Marie Capdeville, the import-export director, arrived. She and the guard went inside the building through the side entrance. They walked okay. <laughs> They entered. They walked through the safety vestibule. And the guard dropped his keys off there at his workstation, he continued on to the bathroom. Anne-Marie proceeded to go upstairs to her office on the third floor, and what she didn't realize is that there were four armed men hiding in the service stairwell, which was opposite her office. So when she walked into her office, they were coming from behind, and once she stepped in, they jumped in and grabbed her by the throat from behind. So... You're probably what? Hold on, let me say. You're probably wondering how they got into the into the store. Is that what you're wondering? Well, is he supposed to drop his keys off when he goes to the bathroom? Yes. Okay. He okay. just put the keys down because they got inside. I'm assuming because he had to wait. He probably had to be. <laughs> he got in. Yeah. Maybe or nah. Hold on. <laughs> but I'm, w- I'm with you, Liz. I'm like, yeah, you just put your keys down. Mm-hmm. You just put the keys down. You so just put it up. You don't have pockets. <laughs> you don't have deep ass pockets in your man pants. Oh my God. Anyways, hold on to the thought of how did they get into the store? Because we're going to circle back to that. Okay. Okay, um, okay. So they had bludgeons and handguns. Um, they were disguised as utility workers. Bludgeons. Sorry, bludgeons. <laughs> <laughs> you can just say bludgeons in an English accent, though, because the bludgeons. English don't use guns. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were disguised as utility workers, and there had been workers in similar clothing renovating the building for weeks prior to this. So they had, like, the inside info that that was going on and that they should dress like that. Um, I love being a good disguise. I know, right? (laughs) They demanded to know how many people were in the building. Um, Anne-Marie told them just the guard, because it was just the two of them so far, and two of the four guys left to go find him. They surprised the security guard in the bathroom. I really, really hope he wasn't peeing when this happened. Like, I hope he was washing his hands or something. But they hit him on the head. 
Not enough to knock him out, but just enough to stun him because I needed him awake. Hold on, I have to cough. I, for his sake, hope he's not peeing. Yeah, I was like, but for comedy's that. sake, I like I to picture the idea be. of a flaccid dick just being out during <laughs> all of this because oh I God. really feel like it would just break the tension. <laughs> or what if he like accidentally peed on the person? Oh you my know, God. That, you know, like what they startle you? him, he turns around, he's still peeing, and then they hit it. You know, it paints a nice image. It definitely does. That's all. Um, the other two burglars brought Anne-Marie to the bathroom also and had her lay on the ground face down and tied her hands together. They took the security guard back to his post and told him to act normal as more employees arrived. So they were like hiding in there with him and were like, fucking act normal, we're going to shoot you. They made her lay face down on the bathroom floor. Yeah, that's pretty The disgusting. men's bathroom floor. I'm that's sorry, so far that's the worst part of all of it. <laughs> gotta be honest that's disgusting yeah yeah pretty gross um it gets worse (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure it does so the manager was next to arrive and with two other employees two store hostesses and they had all traveled together to work that day once inside the women are grabbed by their hair fucking assholes and taken to the bathroom then tied up and frisked to make sure that they couldn't call for help and fucking ironically the closest police station was just up the street and i know exactly where the police station is because i've seen it god Um, damn it just up the road so this is i mean this is ballsy as fuck so the manager was brought to the safe with the barrel of a gun pressed to his neck um, he was fumbling from nervousness and couldn't remember the combination, and I don't fucking blame him. Oh, I, my mind would go blank. When I get angry, I mess up my phone code. Yeah. <laughs> and I there and there's no pressure. None at all. Numbers my are hard. Now I'm not being robbed. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord. I refuse to believe any other scenario. <laughs> so um So when he couldn't get the combination because he was freaking the fuck out, he asked for Marie Berenice Belchak, a sales associate who had just arrived. She entered the combination and the thieves uh, proceeded to rob the safe and the display cases. One of the robbers had a bucket hat on top of his ski mask and a large and very crooked nose. So he was like super identifiable. Oh, that's um, not good. Yeah, right? <laughs> and one of the other robbers yelled, Fareed, there's no more time. There's no more time to the burglar with the bucket hat. So, like, you're already fucking up because you're saying you're wearing a fucking bucket hat and you're, no, you're not disguising your nose at all. And then your friend is just fucking yelling your name willy-nilly. Like, this is not good. There's no reason for this. It's 2007. There's so many crime shows out in the world by then. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Fareed? I'm sorry, what was his name? Yeah, Fareed. Fareed, yeah. Fareed. Come on, Fareed. And that, Your friend that's is an idiot. That's, that's a name. Fareed with the nose. It's not like, come on. I don't, like, I don't know I'm enough not about. I'm trying to shit on a name, but it's not like your everyday name. So it's pretty. 
I am so ignorant <laughs> to every other culture's name other than yeah. American. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I, like, I couldn't, I try not to just comment on other people's names because, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's culture. I don't know where he's from. Yeah. I have a boy and girl name, so that's fun. But um, <laughs> thanks, the English. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, they grabbed the surveillance videotapes and assholes they sprayed tear gas on the employees that's just a dick move dude you already shoved the girl's face on the bathroom floor she's gonna get pink eye now you're throwing tear gas into this situation (laughs) and it's her and the two it's like it's everyone everyone that was in there that feels so unnecessary like you could have just put like i don't know a bag over their head i don't know (laughs) it just feels like it's it just feels like it's for flair like, yeah. oh, I disappeared. Disappear. Magic. It's theatrical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they left through the back door and got into a rented Peugeot minivan. Um, security cameras outside caught them making a getaway down Avenue Montagne. And they oh, got- duh. Because it's 2007. There's cameras. 2007. There's cameras everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> So they got away with nearly $30 million in jewels, watches, and diamonds. It's insane. $30 million. What? It's quite the heist. That Um, is, that's insane. mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. The employees told the police that they heard the name Fareed, gave the description of the bucket man, bucket hat man. (laughs) And then, and this is like probably my favorite detail out of all of this, that they overheard a fellow member being called Voldemort. Like, why? What? (laughs) Like, that's his code name? (laughs) Even if that's just like a nickname, like, I'm assuming that's not his God-given name unless he was a child. And his parents are weird. Um, but, like, even if that's, like, a nickname that, like... But way into Harry Potter. For the, I'm way into Harry Potter. I, like too much. <laughs> I, if I had a kid, I would potentially name it after a Harry Potter character. Not Voldemort. Not the villain? And yeah. it's also, like, if that's a person's nickname... It might be pretty well known to like. It's identifiable. It's yeah, a very identifiable. Nickname. It's yeah. It's that kid I who comes into my shop. I'm gonna fucking remember the guy that they call Voldemort. Yep. So um, aside from that, they didn't really leave any evidence. No fingerprints. No identifiable DNA. Um, despite their lack of evidence. <clears throat> They still had some suspects. Okay. Uh, the attorney general who prosecutes organized crime at the Paris Court of Appeals was quoted as saying, to hit high jewelers in the heart of Paris requires a level of systematic planning and expertise, an organization in short. Yeah. Given the, yeah. <laughs> you need planning for this. Given the preparations involved, it looked like the work of hardcore gangsters from the low-income suburbs outside of Paris. Otherwise, it could have been Les Pimps. 
and we're going to get back to like, okay i want to really go into that was it necessary to mention that they're low income yeah was that really necessary it's part of the quote so i left it in no i know like for okay. them to mention like was that really yeah okay thanks uh, thanks so much Paris, those parts of the city aren't really <sighs> but like it's known they could have just said like the gangsters from there like just the sub, by the, the way, suburbs from, from the suburbs out there, by the way, they're low income. Like, oh, fuck you. Unnecessary. It's jab. An unnecessary jab. An unnecessary jab from, from the French government. I don't know yeah. who said that. I don't even remember their name. The attorney general. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it could have been those gangsters or it could have been Le Pinks. And I'm going to circle back to them later. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Where are we going um, now? At well, hold on. We're almost done with the 2007 heist. Okay. So at the scene, they did find a blue-green powder in the service staircase. They had emptied fire extinguishers into the staircase to erase their traces since they had spent the night there. Pretty fucking smart. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wow. Didn't know that that would work. <laughs> okay. The things we can do with that information. Wow. <laughs> no. Who would have thunk it? <clears throat> I wonder why that is. I definitely forgot to look that up, but if any of y'all wants to look it up right now, that's okay. Uh, no, I'll look it up later. Uh, our, I can add our, that in if it's necessary. You know what? No, there's no way to know. It's impossible. It's impossible for anyone to ever know why. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so we're going to leave the 2007 heist off on that note. Okay. And here we are for the 2008 heist. <laughs> oh, one yeah, year later. One year later, and honestly, not even a full year, because remember, this first heist, hold on, I'm going back to the top, was October 6th, okay. uh, 2007. Okay, Lou, I forgot that. October 6th is my brother's birthday, oh, so you nope, think that that day would have... over a year. It's okay, okay. I'm a psychopath, and I don't know how to count months. It was just, so it's 5.20 p.m. on Thursday, December 4th. 2008 so just over a year after um a group of four men three dressed as women with long blonde wigs silk scarves heels and stockings walked up to the door of harry winston with a roller suitcase the security guard took a quick glance and buzzed them into the building really what? Yes. I don't know about you guys, but when my friends and I here go out shopping for jewels, which totally happens all the time, <laughs> we don't bring we suitcases. Jewels. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, uh, although I could see it happening in New York because, like, most people, like, some people, not most, travel or like have landed and they'll like be walking through the city with like their suitcases so yeah i could see how that would be you know what i could see it for that area that the that the shop is in okay okay yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 
Okay. Anyone else has ever been to France, I think would definitely agree. Um, hey, Katie, that's a really good cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway. A hostess greeted them and proceeded to walk them up the main staircase. So when people come in to view, like, pieces and jewelry and stuff, they get taken to a more private sitting room um, where you get to view the stuff. Damn. Well, that's, I know, it's fancy as fuck. So they were bringing them up the stairs to those but they only made it halfway up the stairs and then they pulled out weapons, including a hand grenade. What? <laughs> and they forced everyone to get on the ground. And then... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm picturing what? Steve. I'm picturing Steve Carell in the Anchorman fight <laughs> when he's just holding the hand grenade and <laughs> screaming. Because what are you going to do? You're going to throw the hand grenade. What's going to happen? These are Americans. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> know it oh my god all right <laughs> it was steve carell <laughs> steve carell so they forced everyone to get on the ground and then they stormed the manager's office and yelled at him to lie down on the ground several hostages were used to turn off alarms and open display cases they even called the employees by their names and even spoke of some of their home addresses to try to deter them from talking to the police. Oh. So they definitely have an inside guy. Because how the fuck would they know that? I mean, we also have to keep in mind it's 2007, Uh, so you either have an inside guy or a hacker. And I gotta say, either option, that's cool. Yeah, either option makes sense. So... (laughs) Uh, hold on, let me find my place in my notes again. Okay, so they knew about a 31-carat diamond solitaire ring worth $8 million, which was delivered the day prior. They also knew that it was hidden in a secret compartment of the main safe. Okay, yeah, that's an inside guy. Yeah. (laughs) So... When they grabbed everything, they put all of it into the fucking suitcase that they brought because, of course, they did. Of course they did. Um, And they threatened to set off the grenade if anyone followed them. This heist was revealed to be the costliest in the history of France. I'm sure. Costliest. Even over the, the one before. They got away with $90 million in jewels and watches. And, and it only took them 20 minutes to execute the heist. Yeah. That's insane. $90 million worth in shit in 20 minutes. And there's a police station up the street. That's insane. <laughs> That's what gets me every time, is how close the fucking police station is to them, and they just, like, got robbed two, two years in a row. <laughs> oh, my God. That's 90, crazy. $90 million fucking dollars in 20 minutes. So, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, shoppers across the street informed security that men in drag were entering the store, Another witness immediately pegged them as burglars because of their height, build, and ridiculous get-ups. <laughs> the only mistake they actually made 
was speaking because employees testified to the men having Slavic accents, which leads investigators to believe that it was once again Le Pinks. Okay. Uh, mm. All right. Now we're moving on to the 2015. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having so much fun. Moving on to the 2015 court case. Okay. Yes. Eight men were convicted for their roles in both heists at Harry Winston. Oh shit. Oh, mm-hmm. Overall, they made off with $113 million in jewelry and other valuables. And most of it has never been found. Oh. Same. Um, During a crime sweep in Paris in 2009. um, Hold on. Oh, yeah. So they found some of it during a crime sweep in Paris in 2009. I didn't see an exact amount that it added up to, but it was only like a portion of it. Okay. Um, and then in 2011, this shit is crazy. Police found $20 million worth of jewelry from the 2008 heist in a drain in Seine St. Denis suburb of Paris. $20 million worth just like in a fucking drain. Just like ditched <laughs> in a drain. Ditched in a drain. It's insane. What? hell i mean that's gotta be like someone was someone had it on them and was about to get caught and didn't want to get caught with it on them yeah some shit like that so um the sentences for the eight men ranged from nine months to 15 years and Because I've had, like, a cup and a half of wine already, I'm just going to say I'm sorry if I fuck up the pronunciation of these names coming up. So, (laughs) the longest sentence was given to the supposed mastermind, Duwadi Yahawi. He's a repeat criminal offender and drug trafficker. And his brother, Muhammad, was also convicted. So this guy, the supposed mastermind, got 15 years for this shit. Okay. Okay. And then... Well-deserved. Yeah, well-deserved. Although quite a pull-off, but... I mean, think of what he could be doing with his clearly impressive plans. Yeah. (laughs) So among those convicted is a guy named Mouloud Janad, and he was the security guard at Harry Winston. Uh, Katie, <laughs> that was right. Not the, not, not the one that got hit in the head during the first okay. heist. Okay, okay. But he did work there during that because in the 2007 heist, he let the robbers in the night before, and that's how they were there overnight. Oh. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then in the 2008 heist, he was the guard who buzzed the robbers into the building. That's why he only did a quick look see through the door and just let them the fuck in. He uh, also 
That's why he let in people with the suitcase. Yes. See, it is weird. It is weird. It does take an inside person. I just didn't want to ruin it. So I was No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yep, 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 yep. No, but I'm like really proud that me and Katie's like senses were like the instinct was there. Something (laughs) is afoot. Something is amiss. So you know, because you guys already kind of had the hunch about that, I am sure that you've already deduced that he also gave them the insider information about the employees and the store and the same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Seriously. <laughs> he said, he told the court, I was stupid, impressionable, and lost. Had I not been fired, I think there would have been three or four robberies. I was stupid, impressionable, and lost. Yeah, we know. <laughs> That's not an excuse. Just say sorry. <laughs> no, you had a chance to make a lot of money and you took it. Yep. He received a two-year sentence and was released on time served. They did not say after how long. Maybe it was um, time served for the time that he spent in jail during the court like- date awaiting trial and during yeah. court and stuff. Yeah, that one makes so sense. So I have to assume that that's what it is because that's usually what that means. Um, and then, so that's that court case. There wasn't a lot of information on the other people who were involved, but those were like the main ones. Okay. So <clears throat> we're going to get to some background on Le Pinks, or as they are better known as the Pink Panthers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's now amazing. I know, I know that we're all, when I say that, thinking of the movies, obviously. Of course. The, the cartoon. The cartoon. They're incredible. The one with, I think it's Steve Carell. Yes. yes. Steve Martin? Yeah. Is it? Oh, well, yes. But then, like, there's a new one, I, I thought. I don't know. Um, but yes, yeah, I have not seen the Pink Panther with Steve Carell. If that is a new <laughs> thing, and I'm upset hold that if that's a thing, I didn't I, know about it. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna look it up because there was an. I'm pretty fucking sure that there was a new Pink Panther movie. Um, not like new, but came out. Let's see. Hold on. Yes, 2006. Oh, it's Steve Martin. I'm a fucking dumbass. <laughs> You're not a dumbass. It's another Steve. I was just it's like, oh my Steve. God, if Steve Carell made a Pink Panther I mean, and I didn't know about it, that would be incredible. <laughs> so glad we have our phones. Anyways, so I know that everybody's thinking that the, <laughs> the Pink Panthers that I'm talking about right now are an international jewel thief network consisting of 200 to 250 members from Serbia, Montenegro, Croatia, Macedonia, Bosnia, and Herzegovina, and that is on the Balkan Peninsula. Um, I mean, I mean, what? (laughs) Interpol gave them the name Pink Panthers because of the theatrics of their heists. And they named them after the movie, which is pretty perfect. So Good job, Interpol. You got a creative one there. (laughs) So that whole uh, Balkan Peninsula thing 
ties back to the 2007 case because it was suspected to have been perpetrated. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, that's a 2008. Okay, so it ties back to the 2008 case because of the witnesses testifying to hearing Slavic accents. Okay. And then the fact that it's a jewel thief network with 200 to 250 people ties back to the 2007 case where they suspected it to be perpetrated by a large organization. Because it would take a lot of like resources really to kind of put that together. And to be quite honest, like jewel heists aren't the same as robbing a bank where Mm -hmm. even that is like serial numbered cash that can still be traced. Like you have to have like a serious infrastructure in place to be able to sell those jewels without getting caught. I imagine it's very similar to the art theft. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I am going to circle back to that a little bit further down in my notes because I do want to talk about that. Okay, cool. (laughs) So um, let's see, where was I? Um, They are responsible for some of the most audacious crimes in history. Um, and they have also pulled off the largest heist in the history of Japan. Damn. Uh, hmm A criminologist described their crimes as an artistry. <laughs> I feel like that's high praise. Um, some law enforcement law enforcement agencies suspect that the group is responsible for over $500 million worth in robberies of diamonds and gold throughout the world. And then they have a list. <laughs> I know. $500 million. Wowza. Yeah. So these are the countries that they have stolen in. United Arab Emirates, Switzerland, Japan, oh. right? France, Liechtenstein, Germany. Hey, you, you hit that. Oh, you hit that. Oh, yes. Yeah, you did. I heard that. (laughs) It feels good when you pronounce it right. All right, back to the list. United States, Luxembourg. Do you like that one too? (laughs) Yes. Look at that. Cyprus, Spain, Monaco, Austria, Australia, the Netherlands, Portugal, and Belgium. Um... So, oh, I forgot to say this before I started, but most of my information I got from this, actually two, incredible Vanity uh, Vanity Fair articles, and then some from Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, Vanity Fair interviewed one of the founding members of the Pink Panthers, uh, who is now retired and willing to speak on the infrastructure of the group. Oh, fuck yeah. Honestly, that's one of the biggest things that has been happening lately with a lot of stuff is that like people have been retiring or someone who was threatening someone to stay quiet has died and now other people can come forward with just awesome information. And I love that. Hell yeah. So I, yeah, I thought it was really cool that they got to interview him. So in 2019, they spoke with Pavla Punch Stanimirovic, uh, a self-declared gem heist mastermind. He was quoted as saying, there's no head, there's no end, there's no tail, no beginning. 
you're talking to it. You're talking to the highest of the high. You're talking to Oz, the man behind the mirror. It's me. What I did, I was the best. Oh, and he can clearly say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's a, I got the chills. Yeah, you are the best. You are Oz. So he was responsible for picking locks, cutting alarms, and cracking safes and vaults. He claims to be able to crack a safe in less than 16 seconds. What? Yeah. Like, That's really impressive. Very, very good at what you do, sir. And even though you're a criminal, I applaud you because that's a lot of pressure and I couldn't handle that. I mean, criminal or not, we're talking about that's cracking a safe. That's a craft. It's impressive. Like, dang. Oh, yeah. So he did hundreds of heists, smash and grabs, and different types of burglaries. He said nothing that would harm people, though. I guess there is honor amongst thieves. <laughs> Against, amongst old school thieves. Amongst old school thieves. So they never wanted to be violent towards people during their heists and everything. Which they just wanted to, to They just wanted to get the shango, which I appreciate. The uh, grenade thing is pretty... The grenade thing's a little crazy. <laughs> That's risking it. You know, least, that was a... Uh, at least they never pulled the pin and let go. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, it could have not even been real. Could have been a dud. <laughs> so, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. He got his nickname not from a tendency to hit people, because uh, remember his, his nickname is Punch, uh, but from his ability to rapidly crack vaults. <laughs> love that. Mm. Cracks him with a punch. Cracks him with a punch. Oh, I love that. <laughs> what a cool dude. Yeah. According to him, some of the Pink Panthers are men who fought in the Balkan Wars, which explains their paramilitary paramilitary brazenness mm. and also connects back to the Slavic accents that the employees of the store reported hearing in 2008. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not only do they heist well, and this circles back to what we were talking about before, they also have the ability to move hot property efficiently and discreetly because they work like a network. French officials described them as an international spider web. You pull one string, you find a group of others. Oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of them, once again, sorry if I fuck up the name, Rashko Kosovic uh, takes credit for, and I quote, Forming a group of gentlemen thieves with style. Pink Panthers is a system. We created a system. We are never violent. Um, when they asked Pavla about whether the Pink Panthers could have perpetrated the Harry Winston heists, this is what he said. Sure. Yeah. It could be. Of course. Without a question. <laughs> now... We're getting very, very close to the end of this, and I want to end on a little bit of a puzzling note. Okay. So, something strange that stood out about the 2007 heist is that the building was equipped with volumetric radars, meaning that 
any movement at all within the building should have been detected. Investigators saw no reason why the sensors would have not been triggered, especially considering that the thieves were inside the service stairwell overnight. It seems to me that an international crime syndicate who pulls off grandiose heists would definitely be well-equipped to trick the censors. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. That shit went off. Yeah. And that is the Harry Winston heists. <laughs> Very... Very cool. Oh, Ooh, that was so much fun. Yeah, I loved you sharing that. Thank yeah. you. It was like hard to respond because I was just like, keep talking. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know more. Why do I got to well, tell this? you the entire time that I was doing all this research, every little nugget of knowledge that I was getting, I was like, oh, this is sucking me in more. This is fantastic. I'm so into this heist. And when I picked this one, I had no idea that it had anything to do with the Pink Panthers. And when I got to that part of my research, I was like, holy fucking shit, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, no, that was definitely a solid detail. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, we're true crime people, so it makes sense that stuff like this would be interesting. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> Well, listeners, um, I really hope that you guys enjoyed my... Don't say hope. They did. You know they did. That was incredible. Listeners, you know what? Everyone say thank you. Ashley, that was incredible. (laughs) Yeah. So instead of hoping that you guys liked this, I know you liked it. Tell me that you liked it. Interact with me on instagram and twitter and let me know if you enjoyed this story that i brought to you today i know how you did just solidify it for me yeah how do you think they got around those sensors do you think that that's potentially related and not listener like listeners how do you guys think this happened do you guys think it's potentially related to the fire extinguishers because that's kind of unexplained or do they have someone who's like a super intense hacker and was able to get around that shit? Of course they do. Of course, of course they, do. they do. Every good heist movie has one. I'm sorry, <laughs> but if you have an international ring of jewel heist thieves and you don't have a hacker, you guys have lost all credibility. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. What are you doing with yourselves? Yeah, it's out of control. How do you get into places? <laughs> Who do you think you are and how dare you? <laughs> yes. I don't oh, trust yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, tune in next week, guys. We'll have another fun episode for you. Super Um, fun. Hope everyone's staying safe and well during quarantine. We love you and good night. Good night. Adios. Bye.